Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. And we're back. Paul, playing hooky again today, working from home. Working from home. Yeah. yeah. It, we've got, gosh, we got about six or seven inches of snow this week, which is a lot for this area of the country. You can tell because the people that are plowing the streets have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, just in time for me to head out there. Yeah, that's so. right. It's going to be... That's going to be a mess, probably. Yeah, I'll be stuck in a hotel room for the week anyway. You flying into Dallas? I think so. Must be. Yeah. Yep. yep. Sweet. So it'll be uh, quite a bit warmer than it is here, so that'll be fine. But yeah, expecting a long, boring week. The Air Force likes to to you know, take five days. You know, pack, They pack three days of training into five days. Well, those civilian instructors that uh, that are teaching you, you know, they need to get paid. So, yeah, it's almost like they get paid by the word. They have to <laughs> keep you under their spell for eight hours a day. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, how's the how's the loan process going for your yeah? So your new let me provide a yeah an <laughs> update on this on this epic saga. So I've bought and sold a bunch of real estate in my adult lifetime. You know, I, you know, just houses that we lived in, some rental properties, whatever. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm used to the mortgage process, you know, when you refinance, right? That's, that's basically a mortgage process. It's really no different. So I've done several of those. So probably like 10 or 10 to 12 times through the mortgage process in the last 18 years Mm -hmm. and I feel like it gets worse every time. So I started working with a lender that our builder recommended really back in August. I made initial contact and like, yeah, when you, when we get into like September, October, we'll start getting like hot and heavy collecting documents, whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. So we go through that and I've sent them everything, right? Two years of tax returns, all the K ones, you know, the checking account statements from the last two months. And of course, that's been updated several times. All of my, you know, where's the down payment coming from? So I've, I've, I've shown them um, certain documents from the life insurance policies, right, that show the, ca- the current cash value. And I feel like we're no farther ahead in this process with this one bank than we were back in September. Back in September. It's like six months ago nearly yeah so i feel there's been just no so i have very low confidence that these people are going to close uh or i'm just being too paranoid and they're just you know east tennessee super relaxed small credit union just this is the way it is but my goodness um so i made the decision last week to start working with another lender and kind of like a parallel effort and i told the Mm -hmm. guy i was like listen if you can close first i'll go with you so you're you're you know kind of way behind but i sent him everything right updated stuff he's a good communicator he's all over it so we're gonna see 
My money's on him because I, wow. I like that dude. So he'll do that, huh? I mean, you know, the thing is they have time right now because they don't have a lot of loans they're processing. So I guess you have time to to work a case that I mean, in their business, it, it may or may not happen anyway. Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, that's right. So cost of business. He, he knew my frustrations. I might have used a lot of F-bombs talking about the banking industry just in general. And... Uh, and he seemed to understand what I was saying. And, you know, we're, we're the perfect people to lend to. Yeah. Yet it's, it's so difficult. So I guess I say that to say, my goodness, I wish I had started the infinite banking concept process and living it 20 years ago so that all of the money that's tied up in other places was completely liquid. And Maybe it would have made this a little bit easier, although I, I don't know, to be honest with you, unless I could finance something entirely through policy loans, right? That's I guess that's what I'm talking but about. But that's what you could be able to do if you hadn't been putting your money in different places, you know, for different purposes. Right. Um, if you had put it all into the same place, um, you know, a place that you can control, you have access to, you're first in line, um, then yeah, you probably have would have enough liquidity. Yeah. And so so we'll be there someday, but it's just and I you went through this last year with your with your home purchase. It's just it's super frustrating. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter you've never defaulted, you've never been late on a payment ever. It doesn't matter. No. That you have the income, you can show the income. Yeah. It's just my god. Anyway, so yeah, I don't I don't like it. I think it's it's terrible. I think Dodd Frank is part of the problem that law really made the the regulatory environment really really restrictive. You know, to protect me, the consumer, right? Right. To, but it, all it does all for is you. make it, it makes it more difficult for me to, to do what I want to do. So anyway, start putting your money where you can control it now. I mean, you can't put enough there. In other words, you can't pay enough whole life premium. Which is exactly what Nelson says in the book we're going to review today. Oh, wow. I actually didn't. I just said that by accident. He actually says that I, at the what end I of the chapter. Um, yeah, I know. He does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, you cannot pay too much whole life insurance premium. So what a weird thing to say for those that are not in the know, I bet. Yeah. They're right. Like, what? Yeah. What a stupid place to put your money. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Well, what we want to do today is uh, review Nelson's, I believe it's his second book, Building Your Warehouse second of book. Wealth. Yep. Right. A grassroots method to of avoiding fractional reserve banking. Think about it. And that think about it trend is throughout this entire book, Nelson keeps coming back to, it's all about the way you think. Um, 100%, all about the way you think. So you know, I think everybody probably knows, or if you don't, the name of this podcast uh, came from this book. So thank you, Nelson, for, for uh, letting us just switch the words around and put it as a name of a podcast. But I think it's the perfect name because um, that's what we do. We're creating it's a really warehouse. It's really yeah pretty catchy flows off the just flows out of the mouth yeah yeah so one of my favorite parts so i i I had not read this in years but i pulled it off the shelf because i needed a book to read um in the mornings and then at night right before bed i wanted to read something i was like why don't i just dust this one off give it another read and see what i've been missing and man i tell you there are so many gold nuggets in here like this book is just chock full of them that a lot of good reminders and you know a lot of it made me laugh i don't even think he intended to make me laugh but i just laugh i laugh at the clarity 
of the way he thinks. Yes. And the accuracy of the way he saw the world and especially the way he saw human nature and the nature of government, which is, you know, human nature taken to the extreme, typically in the wrong direction. Um, But one of my favorite quotes right here to start off, it's just in the introduction uh, of the book, the very last paragraph of the introduction, conventional wisdom has led the world into financial slavery. So how true is that? I think we've done an episode or two on, you know, conventional wisdom. And I was just having lunch with a buddy yesterday and he's, you know, he doesn't do a 401k. He's a business owner. He, you know, he works hard to grow his business and then he puts money into commercial real estate that he owns and controls. Um, and he's, he's actually got a, a dividend paying whole life policy. Uh, he's had it for like seven or eight years. And when, you know, when I told him, this is what I do, he's like, I've got one of those. People think I'm weird, but uh, <laughs> finally I met somebody else who does it too. But he was like, you know, conventional wisdom. And I just, they don't drive. They, they don't. And I, and you can think of tons of conventional wisdom out there that you used to take as gospel. And now you're like, you know, essentially you want to do the opposite. Kind of like Jim, yeah. Jim Cramer, you know, <laughs> basically do the opposite. And you'll be all right. Right. Although I got to say, a couple of years ago, he was right about General Electric. I could have bought General Electric at like five bucks and then it went to like 120. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, when you're, when you're making 100 predictions a day, you're, you're bound to be right. Yeah, that's eventually. true. That is true. Like right. a broken clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, this whole book. Like I, I've got a couple of things bookmarked in here that, that I want to discuss. Yeah. But it, it's just littered with just brilliant wisdom. If you have not read this book, highly recommend. Go out, get this book. Um, go to infinitebanking.org, order it straight from there, and um, and eat it up. It's going to open your eyes to a lot of things. Like Nelson's first book was great, Becoming Your Own Banker. But this one is, I I guess I don't, I, it, it it's, talks less about, the mechanics or the philosophy of whole life insurance and yes. more, even more about the way you think and why that matters so much. Like why does the way you think matter so much? Yes. You know? Yeah. It's, it's a phenomenal book. I find that I can pick up Nelson's books and, you know, just go to a chapter and, and read it. Cause they're, especially in this, they're, they're fairly concise chapters yeah. uh, on various topics. So almost like, just not not random not random thoughts from Nelson, but it does it touches a lot of different things. But again, the overall theme is, and he touches upon this in becoming your own banker, is that we've just we've 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 lost the ability to critically think. Yeah, and people think that they're thinking, but really they're just as uh, I think Edison said in the beginning of this, he quoted, they're just rearranging their prejudices. Yeah, in a you know in a different way, right? So yeah, and and we find that. We find that in this in this industry, right, Dave? You know, we not people we talk to necessarily, but out there in the wide wide world on on LinkedIn or just in the general public, when you're talking to somebody and you say, "Well, yeah, we we don't do qualified plans. We we put all of our our savings, our liquidity into cash value whole life insurance that pays dividends with a mutual company." And you know, people who are interested are immediately interested. People mm-hmm. who are like, "Oh, that's dumb." You can you know, they're the smartest guy in the room, right? So yeah. Yeah, well, you talked. I mean, it's easy to find. It's easier to find people who don't like 
like a 401k. They don't like the qualified plan system, but it's more difficult to find somebody who, who understands that there's another option in this. So I think there's a plenty of people who, who do that 401k because that's, that's the only thing that they have available to them. It's easy. It's automatic. They don't even see it. Um, and that's the way they've made it, right? They made it very sneaky how they make it very automatic, very easy. It's taken out of your paycheck before you even see it. Yeah, it's almost, uh, we've become, to our detriment, we've become lazy. Yeah. Like, I know some very intelligent people and they're they're good at their, their other business that they're in, right? Their job. Yeah. They're a good military officer. They're a good provider. They're a good nurse. They're a good pilot. They're a good whatever. But beyond that, you know, good parent, whatever, all the things, right? But beyond that, they're, they don't seem to have the motivation or the, I don't, I don't know, the drive. Maybe it's the drive. I don't know, to just explore this. You know, these are tiny books. Yeah. This is a small book. Nelson's Becoming Your Own Banker is a small book. You can read it in three hours. You can listen to it in three hours. Um just a little bit of exploration would go, would we just literally pay tremendous dividends for these people uh, beyond. But again, you have to think a different way. You have to change the way you're looking at the world. You have to think about the future. You have to think about the next generation. And I just think a lot of people are, you know, they're in the, they're in the fight. They're in the current fight and trying to just, you know, kids, dinner, breakfast, school, homework, sports. Sports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everywhere. And it's just, at the end of the day, the last thing I want to do is read some book about whole life insurance. Well, the last thing you want to do is actually have to to think and use your right. brain because you're exhausted from life. All by design, I think, too. Yeah. Well, I design. think it's by design, not just by humans, but you know, by by the devil. Uh, if he can keep us busy, man, he can he can distract us with things that don't matter. Oh, I thought you were talking about the government. No, I was saying in a, even even worse than the government, the devil. Um, but the you know, <laughs> devil works through the government too. But, you know, I think busyness is one of those things that, yeah, we are all kept so busy because what happened, I mean, what did Rome do to keep the people satiated? And, the games. Uh, the games, right? You kept them, distract them with the games. Um, I mean, we're distracted with not only the games, like professional sports and everything else, but, you know, all, all the other stuff that is now a requirement. It's mandatory that your kid play sports year round. It's mandatory that they get special coaching. It's mandatory that they go. My son started spring baseball workouts in January, twice a week. It's wow. basketball and hockey season, and we're doing baseball right. already, right? right? That's mandatory if you want to be on the team. Like that's just, it's just the nature of the way things are. Yeah, yeah. Now you're now you're right. Um, Anthony does two baseball seasons a year, fall and spring ball. We're not doing fall ball this year. Yeah, it's too much. We do one season. It's too much. Just just want to break. Because one season takes six months. We start in January. We don't end until July. Yeah. I'd rather prep for basketball season in the fall since he doesn't have a fall sport. Or he can do cross country like all the other unathletic children. (laughs) Uh, People who (laughs) – if you're unathletic – no, truly. Yeah. Everybody can play a sport. Just pick cross country. That's a joke, everybody. My wife, you know, Tammy was captain of the cross country team in high school and college. So, yeah, you know, but no, she's not athletic. 
<laughs> she's gonna she's gonna laugh at that. But actually, she can kneeboard and uh, on the back, you know, on a on a boat in the wake and stuff. So she got balance. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's weird. Core strength. But like just hand eye coordination though, like yeah, catching a ball or shooting a basketball. Nope. Yeah, sometimes you're just born with it. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so speaking of government, another another page I really like in here is page 59. Nelson just points out some things for you to ponder. And this is after he's talking about the qualified plan and how, you know, everybody just kind of blindly does this qualified plan saying, oh, well, the government's created this. I, I should partake in it. Right. Um, like Nelson says, when the government creates things, normally intelligent people make really dumb decisions and correct i mean listen to he goes just through a litany of uh government programs the u.s postal service established in 1775 broke uh social security established in 1935 broke fannie mae 1938 broke the war on poverty poverty started in 1964 um over a trillion dollars of our money has been confiscated every year and transferred to the poor. There's still a huge number of poor people. Uh, Medicare, Medicaid, 1965, broke. Freddie Mac, 1970, broke. Department of Energy, blah, blah, blah. On and on, right? He says the government's failed. And now let's see, you want to trust these folks with your plan for retirement. Really? Yeah. And let's face it, most of these things in the, you know, post LBJ era, you know, 1964 great society only can exist because we have a central bank fractional reserve system that can just print money and lend it to the treasury. Yeah. And I, I can't remember what the service on the debt is now. Uh, is it a trillion every three months or something? I don't know. I, I don't quote me on that. I, I was listening to the radio the other day and they said that and I was like, I, I cannot believe that's what it is now. Yeah. Unreal. Scary. But right. And it's the same thing, you know, I hear, I hear people say, you know, we need, we need to teach people finance in high school. You know, like, you, like who's going to teach them that? The government, that's the last person I want teaching my kids anything that's about right. finance. That's the right answer. The, yeah. I'm going to have a, you know, and this is not a dig at, at teachers, but I want them to teach my kids reading, writing, arithmetic, science, STEM right. stuff, whatever. Um, not what to think about finance because, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, teach my kids th those other things that you're an expert in. Sometimes it's Let better. Me. Yeah. Sometimes you're better off learning nothing. What at all times you're better off learning nothing than learning the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. And I would say what we're taught to do with our money, what we were taught as, as second lieutenants was not the correct thing to do with our money. No, no. I mean, and that's, you were only taught something really if, if you, if you wanted to be taught. Yeah. I was thankful to be referred because I didn't get that kind of planning for retirement education from my own, my, from my folks. Mm -hmm. So I got it from an instructor pilot who set me up with his guy. Right. And great people, right. Great intentions. Uh, but they only know what they know and they, they know about this much. Right. So it's yeah. up, I guess what I'm saying, it's up to us as individuals, as individual free thinking Americans to take control over our own financial futures, right? And yeah. I get you're in the fight with all the other current operations, but you've got to do it. And, and if you want to be prosperous, if you want to just be mediocre, great. Right. 
But what you said points to exactly another thing I highlighted on the opposite page here. Free people contracting with one another can solve all our financial and economic problems. So free people contracting with one another. We don't need the government involved. We like free people contracting. And what are you doing with a mutual life insurance? That's You're contracting with other free people. With private other with, yeah, two private entities contracting with one another, coming yep. to an agreement and both accepting it and and one of them guaranteeing it. So that can solve and that doesn't mean all you you know, if everybody did this, the entire all the economic problems of the world would be solved. It it requires a lot more than that. But I mean, you and I can go into contract, we can put a contract on a napkin and that's a, a legal binding agreement between two free people. You know, you agree, I could buy a car from you for $50,000 and the value of that car is $50,000 because we came to an agreement on it. Yeah, that's right. Right? All it takes is two people coming to an agreement on what the value of something is. Yeah, more like 85. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or if you want to refinance both of them like you're talking about. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to talk offline. I was thinking about just getting them off my credit report, but at this point, it's too late. <laughs> they already pulled it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they've seen it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. we should we should talk about that because why not? Reliable cash flow. Yeah. Collateral. Right. With somebody I trust and somebody I know. So like contracting right. with you, I know you're good for it. I don't need to see all your financials. I know you well enough. I know... You know, I know what you're capable of. I know what you're capable of doing in the future. And I know the integrity that you have. So I know I'm going to get my money back. Yep. Yeah. That's right. It's it, it just, you know, the question is, how long do you want to continue paying me interest to hold my money? You know, before you pay it back. That's right. No, so I'll continue taking your interest. Maybe you could mm -hmm. finance my next boat. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, don't tell Hannah. She'd be like, well, why don't we finance our own boat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Dave. Why, not? <laughs> why don't you? Don't start talking about boats. Yeah. The, the best boat is is your best friend's boat. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In fact, I talked to a boat owner here locally just recently. A, a, a boat marina, basically a marina here on the lake. Um, they rent out boats. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they say if it flies, floats, or whatever, it's cheaper to rent. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't want to be a boat owner. One thing I can say, I don't want to have ownership in because ownership matters. Ownership's important, but not in boats. That's my opinion. Well, I tell you, the next one is going to. I mean, we have an awesome boat now, but the next one's going to be. It's going to be awesome, and we're going to finance with policy loan probably too. When yeah, when not? the time comes. Yep. Yeah. Just to, just to, you know, I've, I probably have hundreds of man hours at this point collecting documents and sending them to loan officers. So it's time to, as soon as possible, start avoiding that. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the snakes and the dragons. That's right. So, um, another asset. So this is fun. You know, what I follow some different types, some different, uh, financial types, um, on social media. And one I, I really like following Peter Schiff. Uh, I, I like what he has to say. 
about did i send you that video the other day yeah you did i didn't watch okay. it all it's a long youtube clip right it's a long one long yeah. form good one I've been, though i've been following him for a long time and he's very yep. accurate on the federal reserve and yes. and uh you know money printing and and inflation and in my opinion bitcoin um so he but he's very bullish on gold you know and he sells gold right so he's got you know i mean i believe he's selling something he believes in so i'm sure he owns a lot of gold um but you know i started thinking about gold you know should i own gold what's the purpose of owning gold you know what would you say well typically that people have held it as like a hedge against runaway inflation like and people you know talk about post-world war one germany as an example yeah that's the example they always bring up or maybe even ancient rome um yeah runaway inflation where but as you and i were talking about before we started to hit record well, if I can't exchange a gold coin, like that's a you know an eighth of an ounce or something for you know whatever to feed my family, a week's for a worth week, of groceries, right? Right. Then it doesn't really have. It has value. It has intrinsic value, right? I can make it into jewelry. I can do other things with it. It has value in electronics, but the the, the raw material in my hands is outside of a barter economy, like, hey, I'll trade you this for, you know, a thousand rounds of 45 ACP. It's kind of worthless. Yeah. I don't want to say it's worthless, but it's, as a medium of exchange, it's almost not it's, valuable. Yeah. I, I would say it's a parking lot. It's a it's a parking lot for, for wealth. Um, you can't, like, you and I are under the belief that, like, money needs to flow. Just like water flows. Like, water yes. is the essence of life, right? 80% of the world is made up of water, and it it flows. It it's in the ocean, it evaporates into the sky, it returns as rain, we drink it, it exits our body, goes back to the ocean, and starts Man. all over. Folks, right? he's reading from memory almost verbatim what Nelson says in Becoming Your Own Banker. Amazing. Yeah. It's like I read that recently. But water flows, money needs to flow. And I can't flow that money if I'm just sitting on a bunch of gold bricks in a, in a vault. Right, so, because if money doesn't flow, nothing occurs. Nothing occurs. Nothing no, like, in the financial world has occurred. Nelson talks. Flowing. Yeah. He, so he says this. This is classic Nelson. He says uh, he's talking about somebody who wants to sell him gold. Well, he writes, why does he want to give up his precious gold in exchange for my worthless dollars? If gold is so valuable, why doesn't he just keep his gold? Because, you know, he in his classic, uh, the way he does things, it's Socratic questioning. He's like, well, if I want to take your advice and buy gold, um, I have to buy it from somebody who already owns it, right? Well, yes, you do. Uh, okay, what does he want in exchange for this precious gold? Uh, obviously, he wants your dollars, but I thought my dollars were worthless, right? So it's kind of like, you know, somebody wants cash. He who has the gold makes the rules, but that person who's holding gold needs cash because yeah, if, money has a you know, if if my if the you know bank holding my mortgage starts to demand gold specie, then I'll pay them in gold specie. But it's that is not the current medium of exchange. Or maybe back in the day, I would have paid him with tobacco. Yeah. Or seashells. Yeah. Or salt. <laughs> or salt. Actually, yeah. yeah, salt. But Nelson tells a funny story there. He's like, so I didn't buy gold, but then I heard a guy on the radio talking about silver. So I took this money that I got 
from a recent sale, he sold a, con a, uh, a lease contract he owned. He sold it for a big lump sum and he put it into silver. And he's like, a few years later, I heard that silver was up. Well, I go check and it was actually lower than the price I bought it for. So up from when? And he was like, you know, then I checked my policy. And that year I got like a $2,500 dividend added in to my cash value. So I ran back to my safe and I opened it up to see if $2,500 of silver had been added to my silver collection. Nope, it wasn't there. Right. So, <laughs> very, it's, just, it's a very practical and pragmatic way to think about, Yeah. you know, how are you going to live? Well, you got a bunch of silver and gold in your safe. Oh, that, that is something. Yeah. However, it doesn't really have practical use. But in, you know, in the world, if people are thinking of that as like, hey, when the world comes crashing down, you know, when we have to be in survival mode, who's going to want your gold anyway? I it's already useless. told people, we, yeah, I'm buying brass. Brass and, and alcohol. And lead. That's it. And water purification. Yeah, right. That should be, mm -hmm. that could be a, a clean thing, water. So. Access to clean water is, is likely the most important thing. And then defending that, that parcel, being able to defend it. Uh, that's wow. my, those are my priorities, I would say. Nice. In other words, not living like 17 feet from the next house. Yeah, that's hard to escape these days. Talked to a guy the other day. He's got a hundred and 162 acres. You'll be talking to him soon, I think. Uh, 162 acres, I think, up nice. there in upstate New York. Nice. Oh, nice. That's a nice. Good to know those people. Other than being in New York. Yourself. Yeah. It's, yeah, but when it's the wrong, it, you know, if it's survival the wrong state. Mode, yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, there's so much good stuff in this book, but it's all about Nelson exposes the lies that were taught. You know, the lies that, oh, even things as simple as, oh, let's raise the taxes on on corporations so they can pay more in taxes. Like, it's such an obvious lie if you don't understand that those corporations pass on those taxes to the consumer and the consumer actually pays the taxes, then you're blind, right? Or so you haven't thought through just that comment on face value. Like, it doesn't, yeah. like just think a couple layers deep. <laughs> yeah. All these people screaming for the $15 minimum wage, which depending where are you are, where you are in the country is not a livable wage. Uh, we'll prepare for the $15 Big Mac. Right. Or, I mean, how is that fair that Mississippi has to pay a $15 minimum wage, just like uh, Silicon Valley? Right. It's right. So it's like, so stupid. You might be able to survive in Mississippi on $15 an hour, but, but not a lot of other places, but Anyway, yeah, the real minimum wage is zero. Maybe that's a, right. a, a separate episode altogether. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, this book, seriously, everybody go get this book if you haven't read it. Um, you know, and it was written in 2012. So I think a lot of what Nelson's saying is is kind of, you know, the things he predicted are going to start showing up. Yeah, it's not, it'll never be irrelevant. I mean, it's all, it's all true. Um, you can look at, you could Google the post office deficit every year. It's billion, it's tens of billions of dollars. I'm pretty sure, uh, Amtrak, you know, they run a deficit every year of $6 billion, I think. Right. The uh, WNBA. Okay. <laughs> like, is that not a government program? I heard, I heard some comedians say the WNBA hasn't turned a profit in 29 years. So basically it's welfare for really tall women. Like they yeah, just, I mean, it's, you know, 
there's a guy, there's a comedian that does these shorts on Instagram, uh, Bob Menery. I think it's oh, his yeah, name. Oh, yeah, the he, dude who plays the announcer voice. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. And all four people watching. <laughs> just like, I just, I'm a big Bill Burr fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, sometimes just at, I'll, I'll take a break and eat lunch and I'll just throw on a Bill Burr YouTube yeah. and just laugh because yeah. the stuff he, he says is, yeah, classic. He's, He's he's good. He lets yeah. it. Uh, he gives it. He spreads it around pretty well, which is which is nice. And he's from my neck of the woods, so it's it's nice to nice to hear. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's a he's a Bostonian. Yeah, yeah. Not not all comedians, I think, would be funny to to hang out with and interact with, but he would be. He would be. Yeah, yeah. It'd sure. be like hanging out with me and you. Yeah, well, right. I mean, yeah. But again, yeah. Getting back to this book, I would just say overall. It, you know, we didn't go strictly through each chapter. Maybe we will someday, but it's it covers a broad range of topics. It is concise, and I think, like all of Nelson's writings, it's just kind of trying to get you to get the wheels turning in your head, get you to think a little bit about what is actually going on. Yeah, if you want to think, if you don't want to think, don't. Yeah, don't if you don't want to think, I mean, it. yeah. You know. <laughs> Can't help you. Imagine if Thomas Edison didn't think, or Henry Ford, or you know the Daimler Benz people, or whoever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Elon Imagine. Musk or whoever. You know, it, it would uh, the world would be pretty crappy. Yeah. I the way I see it, the more people in this world, the better, because the more minds you have, and the more great ideas that are going to come to the surface, and you know create things that that didn't exist before yeah speaking of that let me plug this organization that i supported last night we went to an event a pro-life event it was for vans vans for life um which is a a non-profit um that uh, basically they have vans that go around to different things and they sit outside clinics and try to encourage people oh, to cool. you know make a humane decision yeah. um on that topic so anyway i think our support our 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 listeners or, you know, would be supportive of that. So it was a great organization, and we raised, uh, I think they saved, said that they raised enough money to save 1,600 babies last night. So Wow, when they put it in terms like that, that's amazing. It's about $300. No, it was, it was way more than that. Anyway, it was, it was, it was really good. Yeah. And uh, good impassioned speeches and, and, and talks. It was just good, good people to be around, for sure. Yeah. Very positive. That's cool. Um, maybe we'll bring on a guest sometime from uh one of those events you you went to we're working on another guest for everybody well yeah i'm we'll, working we'll on see it. if it works out uh <laughs> that'd be cool it'd be a little off topic of finances but i think it'd be a very interesting episode that yeah. uh, people would be familiar with i'm gonna keep banging away at it okay we got might as well yeah that, but well. we've you know, we've been asked to be guests on other people's shows or have people on shows on our show, right? And we get bombarded with emails. It's funny when you start a, a podcast, like how many messages you get. And this is random people like, we know, you should have Bob on your podcast. It's the Filipino VAs or something, you know, that are just somebody hires to, hey, go put me on podcasts. Right. Right. That's right. Like, stop emailing us, please. <laughs> yeah. Block. Spam. But all right. Well, cool. Hey, good talk. Uh, yeah, if you haven't, you need to get back, read that book again recently if you haven't. But uh, 
Yeah. Well, I, there's certainly another chapter in there I want to spend a whole episode on. So we'll, we'll probably get that coming yeah, to you. Maybe so. we'll do that for the next one. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Sure. Have a good week. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Until then, control your capital. Or somebody else will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.